Welcome to the Mode Knit Yarn Podcast. In each episode, Annie Modisette, that's me, or Kathleen Pescuzzi, my partner, or both of us will chat with some cool person from the knitting world. Someone you may have heard of, or perhaps just someone down the street who we think you'd enjoy meeting. Our 10th episode features knit designer, yarn shop owner, and knit technique teacher, Brooke Nico. We discuss Brooke's entry into the knit design world, she was discovered having a soda at Schraft's, kind of, and our mutual love of history, knitting, reading, and our families. And just a note, if you're enjoying the Mode Knit Yarn podcast, please leave a review at iTunes or wherever you listen. It'll really help us gain listeners and uh, make ourselves more visible. Thanks so much. I love your boots. Oh, thank you. I'm crazy about they them. They are comfortable. Are they? They are. I never think of cowboy boots as being comfortable, but maybe so I'm just an Easterner. The only problem I have is that now I need to get new ones because I do... I mean, look how I mm. walk. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> because Allie, I would call that down at heel. Yeah. So I'm like, I guess I need to get these rehealed. Yes, yes. I... You don't want to go too long because then the heel's going to be so bad they'll I have know. to put a they whole new want... heel on it. I know. They also have those great little heel savers. When you get it rehealed, you can get those on, and that's like an extra um, barrier of protection. I used to get all my shoes resold on a regular basis. I just think it's funny the way I must walk. I tread really weird. Anyway. Now we know. Yeah. These are the things we find out as we get older in life. Yep. So, Brooke, I feel stupid. I feel like I know very little about you, and I'd like to know more about Brooke, Brooke Nico, the woman. Yeah. Let's start with the sign around your neck that says good for one wine well, and yeah. one beer. That's <laughs> <laughs> not. <laughs> I do like my wine. Well, I'm glad wine you is have good, I think. I got those little cards from them, uh-huh. and I didn't want to, I can't drink beer, and I, yeah. so I just came up here and gave them to random people. <laughs> That's how this is, yeah, because Aaron was giving them out at the end, and I'm like, oh, I'm not yeah. having any more, and oh, we yeah. were giving them away, but exactly. then it got to the point where no one wanted any more. So. A woman came to the booth and she's like, I got your wine card. I'm Woo-hoo. like, oh, good, buy some yarn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so are you from St. Louis originally? I am. Oh, okay. I lived cool. in St. Louis my whole life. I've, I moved out a while for college. You right. Know, came back, but lived there my whole life. It's great, you know, having family yep. around and yep. love the Midwest. I are do. you someone who needs to be shown? What do you mean? Show me. Isn't Oh, yeah. That is a show me St. Louis. <laughs> Not so much. Not so much, good. <laughs> you don't need Not to so much, proof yeah. of no, everything. I'm good. good I'm I'll glad. trust y'all. Okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Good to hear that. Is your family, were they like like generations back pioneers or? We don't know much about my older, you know. Really? My, no, we don't. Oh. Yeah, my mom was adopted. Oh. Um, and my dad, you know, they were they lived on a farm in Illinois for a while. And I did they sit and chat genealogy? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, yeah, so <laughs> they probably were farmers I at some point. I was some juicy story here. I know, like, there's you know, nothing yeah. great about that. Oh, yeah, there's, my... But, my, I mean, now my whole family, my dad was a psychiatrist, and all of oh. my siblings are, two of my siblings are psychiatrists, and my other sister is a scientist. That is... So I'm kind of the... Wow. You know, the Holidays black sheep of your the house. family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my heavens. Yes, yes, right. it can be... I'd like a, a slice of turkey. How do you feel about that slice yes, of turkey? Yes, it can be a little intimidating for... <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, my goodness. The people coming to visit. I have the opposite in my family. It was like, you know, well, you know, people who would not reflect on themselves if you paid them a $1,000. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, honey. My mother. Oh, honey. Everything's going to work it's out. Be fine. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't think about it, honey. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's funny. So my mom and I have, like, no medical knowledge whatsoever, and we just stay out of it all and let Yay. them. Yeah. Yeah. Let them deal with it. And you know what? You're the happiest ones in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so did your mom teach you to knit, or did you learn it on your no, own? No. So I always sewed. You know, right. I have always been built this way. I have an extremely fast metabolism. Yes. I mean, like, I have to get up in the middle of the night and eat. Otherwise, right. I'm nauseous in the morning. So I have to get up in the middle of the night and purge. No, I don't. But, <laughs> but you know, I mean, we all have what we have. Exactly. So, but being tall and thin, I always made my own clothes right. since I was little. So I used to always design with flat fabric. And then when I had my kids... My middle child, when he was two, he was one of those kids that would crawl around the floor and put everything in his mouth. Nice. So nice. I had to put away all the sewing machine and the needles. And How the, did and you the, feel about that? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I made it like a week, and I thought, I've got to do something. And right. I went and taught myself how to knit. Excellent. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Like, okay. Good and for, for me, you. it was a good fit, because yeah. being a... A flat fabric pattern maker that's right. what I used to do right. to me all I'm doing is I'm still doing I'm still a seamstress right. I just happen to be making the fabric at the same time that's exactly how I think about it mm -hmm. my background is costume design right and so I took pattern drafting classes and all that stuff and that's how I think of it when I watched Project Runway thank god they've gotten away from it but there was like a five year period there where every single person on that show was draping mm -hmm. I'm going to drape this I'm going to drape that and I'm like yeah that just means you don't know how to make a pattern right you don't now know now they're, they're back to making patterns which is mm -hmm. good, but that was kind of a thing there for a yeah. while. So. Yeah, when I told you I was at the Atlanta Knitting Guild a couple weeks ago, and one of the classes I did for them was a fitting class, mm -hmm. which I said it's always you know hard for you all to hear me do a fitting class, but believe me, with yeah. my background in, in fabric, Seriously. I know how to fit all sizes. Yeah. But we started talking about bust arts, and I was trying to explain to them that a princess seam style bust art is so much better. It's so flattering. It's where the fabric needs to be. Right. The short row bust start adds length. It does. And it makes you look droopy. But it doesn't add width. No, it makes you look droopy. And your, your chest, the girls add width. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So... Basically, you want the dart to be where, where the where the, where the action exactly. happening. You do. You want the tip you know? of the dart where the baby would go. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know... I have to write, I have to put on this podcast when I put it out, I have put E for explicit. I know. I, because I do enjoy swearing. Yeah. But also, I have found, like, talking about knitting, we send it, like, and then the breast. Yeah, and then, the, yeah, so there's like, a okay, lot well, of nipple gonna, talk, yeah. If we're going to say nipple, then we have to put E That's on right. it. That's <laughs> right. That is right. <laughs> so, so you, how many kids do you have? I have three. Three. Excellent. I have three. Ages? 18, 16, those are boys, and I have a daughter who's 12. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. What a per Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And do it's they good. treat her like... Wonderful, yeah, like they're sweet. they did when they were younger. Okay, and, good. Uh, you know, good. it's gonna it's going through those phases. Now she's kind of on their last yeah, nerve. She's <laughs> as twelve year old girls can be when they. That's how you learn. That's right. You have to be on someone's last yes, nerve so. at all times. Yes, you know. I, I I find myself at least once a week saying, "You guys do love each other, so yeah. at least act like you like each other." Exactly. Just exactly. you know. Yeah. No, that's excellent. <laughs> But that they're friends. They're you know. They are. They yeah. Are. You know, as much the, as siblings are at this age. Eighteen you know. year old is in college or high school. He is in high school, so okay. we're doing the college searches now. Beautiful. Where are you looking? He is looking at his top two choices would be Brown or Columbia. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Well, Brown yeah. is amazing. It is, especially if you're kind of a not fitting into the mold kind of kid. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. and if you can be self-motivated. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and Columbia is... It's, yeah. Oh, so I just said, you know, we're going to go in January awesome. and look at both of them because yeah. they're two very different college experiences in terms of campus. I'm like, you've got to decide, Hello. you know. Yes. <laughs> I don't think, well, I mean, actually, they're both East Coast and Brown is not that far from, you know, like a mm-hmm. major area, but... Maybe like Bodwin and Columbia would be like the two total yeah. opposites. We did the college tour with our son. Uh-huh. Um, gosh, was it last year? I guess it was because he's a freshman he's this a freshman. year. We did Georgetown and yeah. we, we didn't do any in New York. We didn't do Columbia, although that was kind of on the list, but he fell in love with Vassar. Oh. That is something. I mean, as long as you're there, it's kind you of in between well where you're yeah. going. Vassar is lovely. Oh, we might have to go look there. And there are, there are actually a lot of Hudson River schools that are wonderful. Yeah. But Vassar just really, I mean, he didn't get in. And right. you're still heartbroken. Yeah. Take that, Vassar. No, but it's. So where did he end up? He ended up, of all things, he ended up at University of Minnesota Morris. Oh, okay. Way up north, north of St. Cloud. And the reason he took that school is. Because he got accepted to a couple of schools back east, and mm. he really loved Hampshire. He was really going to go there. And that, like Brown, they have, you know, right. you do portfolio and stuff. But um, it was all financial. Yeah. And we said, listen, honey, we'll scrape it together. We'll make it work. We'll right. do the loans. We'll, if you want to go there, we'll make it work. We did it for your sister. And then um, Morris came out with a pretty wonderful scholarship. Yeah. And Max was like, you know... I don't want to graduate with debt. Good for him. I don't want you to be in debt. Right. My favorite two teachers went to this school. I love it. Yep. And I don't know if you know Myrna Stallman. Mm-hmm. She is wonderful. Yeah. And she is lace, designer yeah. lace. She's She and I are good friends. And okay. we go up and spend uh, summers up at her, well, not the whole summer, but we spend yeah. time up at her lake house. She's from Homer, Minnesota. Oh, and good. So, and so is her husband. And she and her husband actually met at mm-hmm. Morris when it was an agricultural school. And so she clued us into this. We had never really heard much about it, so she took us there on a tour. Oh, that's great. And kind of with her encouragement, Max just fell in love with it. And he is really happy there. That's good. And how mature of him to recognize the difference between the loan, the scholarship, and graduating, you know, because we've been talking about that. He's really special. He is a really... Well, you know what? It's in the news a lot, and that's helpful, too. Yes. You know, I... Five years ago, maybe he wouldn't have thought of it, but it's right. a real topic of conversation, so thank God. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I keep talking to Austin about that, because he wants to go into science and research, and I'm like, you're talking a lot about, about a lot of post-grad work for which you will need to take loans out, exactly. so you don't... Has he been doing any, like, college in the school classes or yeah. anything to get credits? Yeah, excellent. So pretty well set, which yeah. is good, with the AP and... Definitely look into the colleges and see if any of that will... We'll yeah. transfer his credit because that might make a difference. That helps too. I know. Max transferred 31 credits. Oh, that's great. Because we live in Minnesota, University of Minnesota right. came and they taught classes at his school. So he mm-hmm. has like English literature and all that physics and calculus and all that stuff out of the way, level yeah. ones. Nice. So, so he's your oldest. Yep. And probably the <laughs> handsomest and the smartest. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Unless it would be your second child. And then my second child, right. Caleb, is 16. Oh, I love your kids' yeah. names, Austin and yeah. Caleb. I wanted names that could not be nicknamed or shortened. Oh, lovely. Or, I well, just was like, I don't want... Max is just Max. Right. He's not Maxwell. He's not Maximilian. Ex- yeah, that's exactly. I wanted... Yeah. This is the name I gave you. This is the name you will be called. That's... I, 
I have always I had an Uncle Austin, and mm-hmm. I've always loved that name so much. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, and Caleb, what's he into? He is he's a soccer player. He's a goalie. Fabulous. So that's his big Excellent. thing. He likes. Is he good? He is good. Is he's he good? very good. Excellent. Yeah. Is he good enough to like play when he gets to college? Do you think? I hope so. I mean, I think he's going to look. It's at a fun it. thing to do. Yeah. It's really fun yeah. to have a sport in college. It's so good for them. You know, Isn't it? Some outlet. And it teaches you a lot of. Um, uh, uh, what is it looking for? Discipline. Teaches yes. you discipline, which yes. is great. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. And but academically, what is he like? Is he like a history? Kid he likes or? science a lot. Aces. Um, and he he does he loves history. He is a he is more of a creative thinker. Nice. Um, you, you need those in the sciences, though. You yeah. really need. He is, that. he is much more of a creative thinker. So schoolwork does not necessarily come easy for him. Right. Because it doesn't necessarily fit with his thought process. Exactly. You know, so he's, you know, one of those kids that at conferences quite often I hear, this kid is a genius. Right. But here are the grades. Well, and first of all, all right. thank God they can see it. Yep. And everybody learns differently. Exactly. And he's probably just cut out for college. Yeah. Exactly. Where he can guide himself more. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And adjusting, Excellent. you know, that high school homework situation is a little different. So right. it's been an adjustment period for him. Well, with the but, medical degrees in your family, too, yeah. that's going to be so good. You'll have a lot of mentors who can help. Yes. If either of them if want to move in that direction yep. or research. Or, yeah. Wow, yeah. lucky kids. Yeah, lucky, so that's good. He's, and your daughter, does she have any... Peyton is... She wants to be a fashion designer. Peyton, the best name ever. Yeah, she's... Uh, is her bedroom called Peyton's Place? No. Tell me it is. No. Please, tell no, me it is. No, I told her she couldn't do that. <laughs> she doesn't even know. I know he knows. I mean, I'm yeah. even surprised you know what that mm, is. No. That one, like, under 60 knows what mm. Peyton's Place is. <laughs> yeah. No, so she wants to be a fashion designer, and she's... Aces. Pretty good. Good. She's good. building up her skill set. And she's she build up her marketing. Yeah. marketing is as important uh, as designing well. Truth? It is. It that. really is. Learn to market, learn to find good partners, yep. learn how you can, you know, if you are really going to make success as a co- uh, I'm not costume designer, but as a fashion designer, you have to take stuff apart and say, I can make this with three buttons instead exactly. of eight. I can mm-hmm. make this with no pockets. and it's, Exactly. You know, yeah. That's, well, I, I'm, I I'm agree. thinking off the rack as opposed yeah. to what yours. Well, but, but I think even on our, as knitwear designers, there are things, times you need to do that where... Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about something that I made for myself. And they're like, oh, why isn't that pat- pattern published? I'm like, because it's not publishable. It it's would take not, 40 pages. Exactly. It's not, you know, it's got yeah. 10 charts mm-hmm. and three people would do it. Right. And two of them would take Be a mad. contract out on me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, by the time you're done, you have 4,000 stitches in a round. Exactly. You know, it's, no. Not there are times when you've got a thing. That's our sandbox. Mm-hmm. We make things like that so we can. It's just to play and just have fun. fart around. Yeah, exactly. Remember why I got into this and do that for me. Exactly. Um, and but the, then I think you know, like how many times do you get emails from knitters, more advanced knitters who do your patterns? So like, well, but why didn't you do this, this, and this, and this? And I'm like, because right. to write that 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 out would have taken ten paragraphs. And because I wanted to small d democratize it. Yes. Because not everybody's at your level. Exactly. Yet I want everyone who can to get the enjoyment out of this. Mm-hmm. And it's knitting's not an exclusive club. Right. So we have to work hard to make it open, friendly, and and I you know it's really funny. I I think most of my patterns I would call them advanced beginner to intermediate. But I published a really difficult pattern once, and a woman wrote to me and she said. 
I just did your pattern. I, I, it was a skirt. I made it. And I wore it to the yarn shop. And everyone loved it. And then the woman who owned the yarn shop said, you've only been knitting a month. How did you do that? She said, because I didn't know that it said advanced. Mm-hmm. So I love to think about reaching those people. Yes. Who can do anything. Well, the be- I think that was the best advice I ever got when I was first learning how to knit. Was the local yarn shop owner told me, I went to the shop. You know, I made the, the two requisite washcloths. And then decided, okay, I don't want a washcloth. Exactly. I am not a scarf wearer. And I'm not a dirty person. I don't, I don't yeah. need extra. Exactly. <laughs> so I went to the yarn shop and I was looking and looking for a pattern to want to make. And I all the sweaters that were labeled beginner were, you know, those boxes. Exactly. It's like, like I don't I want a box. Just buy that at Target. I don't Why want is... a garter stitch box. Yeah. The sweater I fell in love with. At the time, Austin was, Caleb was two. So the sweater I fell in love with was from a Vogue book, and mm-hmm. it was a little intarsia sweater with cars, you know, seven colors in a row. Nice. But the yarn shop owner finally said, she's like, you know what? If that's the garment you want, you will learn what you need to learn to make it. That's a smart yarn shop owner. Yes. That's a smart yarn shop owner. Don't. And, and she was right. And you did. I did. Aces. Very good. My first sweater, same thing. It was a Deborah Newton. This was in the 80s. Tons of, tons of intarsia. Every single, like, a, it was basically like um, a tapestry seat cover, yes. but on your chest. And, uh, you know, it was the 80s. Yeah. And I didn't know it was too hard. I did it. Did it. Yeah. And there we go. I think that's true. And I think also those skill levels are confusing because I am an advanced lace knitter. I'm maybe an intermediate serial knitter. Right. You know, so it's, it's hard to say that one thing is advanced yeah. if, you know... And I always get into with lace. I'm like, it really is just knit two together and yarn over. That's what it is. It's I you mean, know, unless every we're getting has into yes, yeah, unless we're getting into weird Estonian or you know right. some really complicated textures with the Japanese lace, it's all about how much attention you want to pay, not exactly how skilled you are. Well, yes, exactly, exactly. The skills are an afternoon's worth of learning mm-hmm. to make most lace mm-hmm. projects. Maybe two, three kinds of increase, or decreases, and a right. yarn over. Right. It's just a matter of if you want to be slavishly devoted to a chart or not. So what was the first pattern that you had designed that you felt really got a big response from people? It really probably was the first one that was published in yeah. Vogue. Um, and it was a, the tunic. Mm-hmm. It was a, a swimsuit cover-up with kind of a doily motif mm-hmm. on the front and the back. And that was a good one. Um, and then I think my favorite is the other, I did a coat in, I wish I could remember what issue it was. It was the pink lace coat. Right, right, right. That I did in the book. That's my favorite. Well, your piece. lace is so beautiful. Thank and you. I, you're the best advertisement for yourself, too, because yeah. you walk around with these beautiful lace pieces on, and that's... Well, I make things, I was telling Patty this the other night, I'm like, I make things because I want to wear them. Yeah. And... Yep. If it sells, it sells. That's great. But my, that's my first motivation was this is something I want to own. You know, in a way, it's kind of a luxury because I am also difficult to fit mm-hmm. for different reasons. And I generally don't wear hand knits much because I'm hot all the right. time. Because I already have like seven layers of hand knits on. It's just <laughs> called me. Uh-huh. Um, so when I design, I guess I design for what I would like to wear if I could put anything on Mm -hmm. you know that's yeah but but one thing I do when I design is I make sure I put it in sizes that would at least come up and fit me 
or else I feel like I'm kind of a traitor to, to the to, to the, the yeah to the, no, the hard agree. to fit girls. I agree. You know, and hard to fit men also. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and sometimes it's hard with some of the things I do it, it because is. when you get into these lace motifs that have a forty stitch repeat, exactly, it's hard to. Well, then thank God know. for borders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank that God is true. Under, under the arm, you yep. know, gussets and borders and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really, I really try to make the lace an integral part of the design. Very good. So all of the shaping happens within the lace motif. That's excellent, um, and that's very hard. It is, it, which I mean, is why people get frustrated. It's like sometimes I'll have a pattern that will only have three sizes. Right. I mean, it may go up to a 58. Right, right, right. But there's only three sizes, and I'm that's like, that's how it because... Has to be sometimes. Yeah. You know, and you just have to... I can't do four inches. Understand that you're going to have something that's a little drapey, mm-hmm. but it's lace, so it's going to be beautiful. And the reality is, is you really can block it, too. Yes. You know? Of course. So... so which, what have you done, aside from your children, that you would be the most proud of as far as, well, as far as knitwear goes? Oh, I have no idea. That's Odd, a hard isn't it? one. I know, it's really hard. It's like picking your favorite kid. Yeah. Caleb. No, I just said that. I'm joking. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like picking your favorite, yeah, you know, your favorite. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, this whole job or career or whatever you want to call it is hard because it's... You always have to have ten balls in the air because yes, you do. none of them are individually ever going to be able to support a family. Exactly. You know, I'm a single parent, so this is. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. So you, it's all on it's you. It's all on me. It's all so on you. you. You know. So what may be my favorite thing today probably won't be tomorrow because exactly. it's not what's top on my head. Well, but I, I I like have the pattern that's kind of favorite because it's earned the most money, uh-huh. and then I have the one that's a favorite because it just sings out to me. Yes, you know? and it's it was same. just a fun yeah from beginning to end. It was a lot of fun. Right. I had was able to do a pattern. And it was with Interweave, and they had my kids model it, because it was a boy and girl sweater. So that has to be my favorite, just because the kids are in it. Yeah. you know. Of course. I want to rework that in adult sizes and take a picture of the kids in it. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? That would be. (laughs) I've got to get that done. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's any way I could get that done by Thanksgiving when they're both home. Yeah. (laughs) How old was it? You should do it for an anniversary, like if it was like 20 years Oh, that's true. You know. I, well, I think it's come probably 15 years mm-hmm. since. No, no, no. Coming yeah, I, gave, up on I gave you five extra years then. You well, can you're do the it best. The Thank you. And I really you get five see. years to make them. You're the best. Yeah. Um, so when you started knitting, how long, like from the time you started knitting until you got to the point where, you know, I might be able to make up some designs and actually send them or submit them to a magazine. So this is a funny story. So I only, I only, I've only ever made one Thing from a commercial pattern and that mm-hmm. was my first sweater mm-hmm. once I did that and I realized like I said this is simply a pattern right. a flat pattern that I'm making the fabric right. I was designing my own things right away Aces. because that was it so at the same time I opened this yarn shop I own a yarn shop I opened the yarn shop mm-hmm. and Soho has a magazine for yarn shop owners right um, and they did a smart business conference. So I went to that. Oh, yeah, I remember in that. In Chicago. Yep. And I was just wearing, I mean, again, I was just, I knit clothes that I wanted to own. Yep. So I was wearing my pieces all weekend. Mm-hmm. And finally, on the Saturday night banquet, Trisha, after the banquet, Trisha came up to me. And she's like, 
okay, I've been watching you all weekend. I love your stuff. Oh, my God. I took a picture of this piece oh I was God. wearing. Oh, my God. That is so great. And that ended up being my first published piece. You were piece. discovered. I was discovered. You discovered. Yes. Because I never even knew that this was a job. Like, I, know. I know. I don't know how I thought the magazines got their designs, but I never knew that people actually did this. There's like, a lot of jobs out there that we didn't even know. know they're jobs. I know. I know. I'm like, how could I not have known I could do this? And so when was that? That conference was, what, 2010? So that would have been, no, it was... Earlier? Ooh, yeah, let's see, probably 8, 08. Okay. Or 09, yeah. I remember it was a little... Yeah, okay, a little bit after we'd moved here, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the shop's 10 years old, 11 years old. So that was 2005. So probably, yeah, 08 or no, 09. And what, what's the name of your shop? Kirkwood Knittery. Kirkwood Knittery, yeah. and it is in... Kirkwood, Missouri. Kirkwood, Missouri. Right and outside of St. Louis. open five days a week, seven days seven, a week? Six days a week now. Six we, days a we, week. Yeah. You have to have a day. Yeah, we took Mondays. And that's so good. That's, no one needs to knit on right. Monday. Yeah. There, I've said it. That's the that's rule right. now. No yeah. one needs to knit on Monday. Yep. yep. And do the kids come and help you ever? Occasionally Peyton does, but no. Other than that, no. Are any of them knitters, or do they? Peyton knits. Yeah. Oh, she excellent. does, and she designs a little bit of knitwear. She did excellent. a piece and did um, at Stitches Midwest two years ago. She did the fashion show with one of her designs. Oh, very and walked nice. Walked the runway. She was so proud of herself. Oh, very nice. I didn't yeah. go to the fashion show. I, I rarely do. Her I know. I know because yeah. if I'm not going to get drunk in the back, it's just not. That's right. Not fun. <laughs> So it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Was, she was very proud of herself. So. Oh, well, she should be. Yeah. That's a, and she was 10 at the time. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, that's and it excellent. just cracks me up. So she did another piece last year that's um, a cable motif across the sleeves, and then we picked up and did lace down. Nice. And so right now what we do, she can knit. But yeah. she's also 12, and she, you know, has she short attention span, things to do. Yeah. So she does the sketches, and then she and I sit together and work out the numbers I'll, nice. do, I'll do a swatch, and we'll play around with the numbers, and then right. I do the knitting for her. Right. But it's just hysterical to me because she'll complain and complain that she's so bad at math when it comes to her schoolwork. Oh, that's you know, funny. And I'm like, you know. hey, chick, you just wrote this pattern. Exactly. And, you know. You know, and figured out how to decrease the cable motif, yeah. and that's a lot of math. Well, once again, it's how you approach it, yep. and it's what the goal is. Exactly. It's like when you fall in love with a sweater, you're going to make the sweater because that's the goal. Yeah. And it's, I think it's like love. I think if you fall in love with someone, you're generally going to make it work, even the hard parts, if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, and luck yeah. has a lot to do with it also. It does. So, yeah. <laughs> so outside of knitting, mm -hmm. and outside of your business, and outside of your kids... You have no time. No, I don't. I don't right now. Is there anything like that you're loving? Like, do you are there TV shows that you don't want to miss, no. or is there a not book really? That you're I don't. In love you know, for me, TV is just noise that I okay. can. You know, while I'm knitting, so right. there's nothing I'm committed to. I love to read. I do read a lot. I read yeah. a lot of history. History and um, just read a great biography of um, Stalin's daughter. It's oh, very really? Good book. Very, very fabulous. Good book. Mm -hmm. What's it called? Stalin's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a really, really good book. That's so many things I did not know. It's intriguing. What was her name? Svetlana Stalin Nevsky mm -hmm. or something like that. But then when she moved um, to Stalin. the U.S., <laughs> yeah, when she moved to the U.S., she did change her name. Mm -hmm. But she was married to Frank Lloyd, one of Frank Lloyd Wright's proteges. Right. And that was kind of a weird situation. 
that was a big problem. And he was kind of a weird guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and she, but she ended, so she made a lot of money when she deported and, or when she, not, what am I trying to say? Um, ran away. Uh, defected. I defected. 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 Yeah. I am at the embassy to. Yes. Defect. Yes. When she defected, <laughs> so she, and she wrote a book and made oh. an incredible amount of money. Mm-hmm. But having been raised in Russia had no concept of money. Oh, right. And ended up Blowing very, it. very poor. Oh giving it all, I mean, very, very philanthropic, but not... But, yeah. Giving all of her money away. We don't have Mother Russia here to make sure right. that you're not going to starve in your yeah. gulag or whatever. Exactly. So, it I, was an interesting book. I love 20th century history, and mm-hmm. I will, would love to read that. I love history. I read yeah. a ton of history myself, and... I read the biography of Shostakovich, um, which is the closest to that, oh, and that he had such an inside picture on the, the Russian arts community within yes. Soviet, you yeah. know, and he would write about, and actually he wrote this autobiography, but he would not allow it to be released or published until he died, right. because he didn't want any implications on his family, right. and his son, who was actually a conductor, brought it to the States and he lives in the States now and he had it published and he it's you read it and it's just it's so stark you'd probably love Mm -hmm. it because it's he writes about um, I read it 20 years ago yeah you know but he um, writes about other artists who had happened to produce uh, stuff that they thought was reactionary yes and that they would just take them out of photographs you know they'd go to the gallery where they had photographs of all the artists and there's a group shot and the artist is missing, you know, and stuff like that. And one of the things he wrote about, um, George Bernard Shaw was a real hero of mine in college. I love his plays and all that stuff. And so apparently Shaw, who was a socialist his whole life, that was his his shtick, he went to Russia and it was in the middle of a terrible, terrible famine. And he went through through Russia and he was a real, uh, real jingoistic toward, you know, Soviets are great. This is in the 30s. And so... When he came back to the States, one of the reporters said, what, do you, what, what did you find about the famine in Russia? And he said, famine? I've never been better fed in my life. Because he didn't want to say anything bad. Yes. And Shostakovich was like, you know, he, he was dead to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I could understand why. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine that much pain and millions yes, of people dying? And here's this and person who huge, could be a mouthpiece yeah. for mm-hmm. suffering, saying, oh, yeah. oh, let them eat cake. Yeah. So that, that's always stuck with me, because I'm like, shoot, maybe I don't like Shaw so much. Yeah, no, there are things we don't know. I was talking about that. Um, so in St. Louis, there's a major road called Lindbergh Boulevard, mm-hmm, named yep. after Charles Lindbergh. Minnesota native. Okay, well, yeah, I, so yes. my town, Kirkwood, did not want their, their main street named after Lindbergh. Of course Because not. of his um, um, support of Hitler. Exactly. So... In this, Which is not this, widely known. It is not widely known. A lot known. of people and don't so know I that. Was telling, so people were asking, well, why is it named Kirkwood Road here? And I said, yeah. oh, they didn't want the road named after Lindbergh. Why not? Why not? So wonderful. Like, oh, what you don't know. Because so I was he telling liked people, Mr. Hitler. He was a huge apologist for Hitler. Yes, he huge was. Huge apologist. Yes, he and was. never... He and the Duke of, what, Duke of Edinburgh? Duke of Windsor? Duke of yes. Windsor. That's... Bad news, yeah. baby. Yeah. Oh, I heard, I was reading some English historian and they said, Britain should thank America because they sent us Wallace Simpson and they saved our country. 
you know, if he hadn't yes. married Wallace, he would have become the I king. Know. And who knows what the relationship would have been between oh, been the bad. UK yeah. and Germany because yeah. he was sympathetic he was toward sympathetic. Hitler and didn't like Jews very much. No, not They're at not. all. And I mean, those two kind of go hand in hand. I, oh my heavens! Know. Just it's an easy group because there's going to be someone somewhere in every population that doesn't like the Jews. So hey, why not just just go know. for it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Unfortunate. Yeah. Boy, we got dark, didn't we? I know. So I went, I'm like, how did I go there? That was bad. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to my son about this the other day because I was saying, it frustrates me that in school you all learn about World War II as if one day there was no Hitler right. and then suddenly the next day it happened. Exactly. And I'm like, and that's not what happened. Exactly. There was a 10-year period yes. where... Frankly, Hitler was good for Germany well, at the beginning. Exactly. In terms and of their economy, and, and that's how he got to power. Exactly. He went in on the economy. He went in on the nationalism. And people were so happy to have jobs that. again yes. and not to have, you know, the mark worth, you know, oh, right. I have 8,000 marks here, let me buy an egg. Right. And that so that by the time his other more dark... Right. <laughs> philosophies came into play, right. people were already bought into him. However, had anyone read Mein Kampf, and a lot of people did, he kind of laid it out there. But it wasn't out there until after he had come to total control. I mean, yes, people should have seen the writing on the wall, but they didn't people because, because it's we're slow. People. And it's a slow integration. And you know, hindsight like, is twenty twenty. Right. right. I, I read the most wonderful book, a history book, about 10 years ago, and I forget, it wasn't by David McCullough, but I think he wrote like the forward to it or something, and it was basically a parallel between the States, the UK, and Germany, all three dealing with the worldwide depression that had hit, and how differently politically they attacked it, and how lucky we got to have someone like FDR who came in and said things like, we have nothing to fear but fear itself, right? and tried to pump people up and don't be afraid, get out there, let's help each other, we're good. We could have very easily, if Mm -hmm. we would have had someone come in and say, be afraid, be afraid, because when people lose stuff, they get, you know, lose your money, you get scared, and you get very scared, and so you can understand the terror in Germany, Uh and people want to have someone to blame it on, and it's really easy to turn around and say, well, you know, those people have been bankers, Yeah, they always have money, and where's my money? Right. Right. Which is, just because you understand it doesn't make it right, but if you understand it, then you can... Be prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe fight it, even. Yeah. You know? I mean, I just think it, it scares me that I think people don't recognize that those things grow slowly. They grow slowly and they are cyclical. We will yes. never, you know, I, I was raised a Methodist. Now I kind of consider myself an atheist. But um, I had to memorize huge portions of the New Testament because that's what we did every week for fun. <laughs> One of the things Jesus said is the poor will always be with us. Yes. And I, when I read that as a little kid, I remember thinking, I extrapolated into, well, if the poor are always with us, then the downtrodden are always with us. And I think what is being said here is we are always going to have an underclass that we need to serve and try yes. to raise up. And no matter... What happens in the world, there are always going to be people who aren't doing well, and we must work to help them. And so the other side of that is with someone like a Hitler or a Stalin or a Mao or, you know, there's always going to be someone who is going to take advantage of the fear and anger. And it's a scary proposition. And the scariest part is when you read about them through history... When they are very methodical and logical and keep good records, yes. that's chilling. It is scary. I it's know. It's chilling. Like, they're 
proud of it. Yeah. Yep. It's <laughs> No, I agree. It is. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love to read about Chinese history. That oh, fascinates me. That oh, it's, it's so fascinating because it's really broken into such strong areas, you know, okay. the dynasties. And, yeah. then, and then 20th century, it's just like there's a thousand operas a week going on. Yeah. And there could be how yeah. much drama there is. That's a look at some of that. good place to jump in. Yeah. yeah. I recently read a book called uh, Three... No, it's called Wild Swans. Okay. It's about a grandmother, a daughter, mm-hmm. and the granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it's real people. The granddaughter yeah. wrote it. It's about her family. And it was just basically three generations of women yeah. in 20th century China. Oh, wow. And it's fascinating. Yeah, I enjoyed it I immensely. So do you get a chance to read much, or is it just like a I bedtime thing? Yeah, just yeah. a bed. Me That's too. It. What would you like to... like? Is there anything you'd like to talk about and get new stuff coming up? Or? Um, working on another book idea, which Aces. I can't talk about no, right now. Of course not. Of course um, not. But I'm, we're because getting all it. kinds of fun ideas together for Vogue Knitting Live in New York. So that's kind oh, of my excellent. next focus. Of, Very nice. You know, working up some fun new patterns in the yarns and doing Very some nice. kits. Yep. Um, Very nice. Like We've never that. done Vogue Knitting Live in New York. We're thinking we might... It's a fun show. ...work out the expenses versus... Yes. You know, because yeah. it can be expensive. It can be expensive. The people there are great. The, the skill level of the knitter, it's fun. They're, everyone's excited to be there. The energy in Times Square right. is fun. Oh, well, I, you know. I lived in New York for so yeah. long. I love it. I, yeah. I miss it. I mean, I mm-hmm. live in Minnesota. I love it. But I do miss New York sometimes. Yeah. And actually, I haven't said it, but we are at Vogue Knitting Live in Minneapolis yeah. in November of 2016. And this is the first time they've been here. I don't know if they're going to come back. I don't it's know. I kind of hope show. they do. Yeah. They said they got a great response and a lot of people signing up for classes and stuff. Yeah. The uh, foot traffic into the booths has not been as great as we would like, but I think that has a lot to do with it being a first-time event. I think so. I think that. I think the fact that the weather is amazingly gorgeous. It's 70 degrees yes. today in November is, in Minnesota. Is is wonderful, but, it, you know, it certainly does bring the foot traffic down. Everyone you know? I know is raking their yard today. Exactly. Because it's Minnesota. Yeah. Because that's and what I we think, do. You know, realistically, if you look at any retail, period before mm-hmm. an election is not It's ever never good. great. The uncertainty is too high. Exactly. Um, so I think that's impacted a lot, too. It being the week before election is... I sat at home in front of my computer last week looking at my stocks going, should I sell? I know. I, what should I do? <laughs> there's just a lot of uncertainty right now and... Yeah, you know. So I think all of those three factors kind of yeah. made this not as busy as anyone would have liked, but I still think it's been a good show. Classes it's, were good. Oh, My, well everyone has been everyone has been so happy yes. and having such a good time and the people are the you know the the, the students, the shoppers, yes. so darn happy. They are and they're it's so nice. Wonderful. And, we're yeah. right across from that exhibit of the knitted presidents. Oh. That's hysterical. Yes. Although there are presidents missing. I know. I thought so. Yes. I there's no Lincoln. There's no JFK. Yeah. And there's no Benjamin Harrison. Oh. Dang it. Actually, I don't know about Harding. Anyway. Um, well, I... The whole point of this podcast is not to be like, we're on a clock. Let's talk a yeah. certain amount of time. Blah, blah, blah. It's mostly just to have a nice conversation. It's it's... And then my hope is when people listen to it, they'll be like... I feel like I just sat down and got to know Brooke a little yeah. better, which is great because it, so. it can't it's hurt. Fun. And I'm so grateful to you for taking a few minutes to come up to the craft bar and lounge yeah. nice and have something. coffee with me. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you're asking me. This is oh, really no. good fun. Re- I, when I knew you were coming here, I wanted to because okay. we've been in touch on yeah. this end of it. But and I've met you, but yeah. I never really talked to you much. I, so. I think it's always hard when we all see each other at shows because you're running and then it's awful. You know, and and yeah. and. 
if I've been asked once, I've been asked a dozen times, when can we get together? So I was really glad. Yeah. That's the nice thing I'm about a Sunday, you yes. know. And if I have luck, I'm going to try to grab someone else a little later. Good. But I tried to sit on Nikki Epstein last night and make her talk. We had dinner. Yeah. And I was like, come on, let me podcast you. And she goes, not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> So she's it's my time. I know she's gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold out and like make her some delicious West Virginia Good. treat. She and I were both yeah. redheads from West Virginia who married nice Jewish men Got in New York. It. So I'll have to make make her some kind of That's funny. you know bacon grease yes. saturated fried chicken or some something. lard. Yeah, some lard things. Nice See if I can get lard her to... roll. <laughs> anyway, thank you thank so you. much, and yep. it's been a delight to get to know you, you a little better. You've been listening to the Mode Knit Yarn Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. The music in the show is Manchester Mystery by Brett Van Donsel, used with Creative Commons license. Sign up at iTunes to hear all of our podcasts, and you can visit our website at www.modeknityarn.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter, all using Mode Knit Yarn. Copyright 2017. Dying with Annie. Mode net.